The following show is being broadcasted from an undisclosed location. Two former special operators have combined their badassery and now sharing it with the world. They ain't alive no more. All with a beer and a smile. This is the Savage Actual Podcast. And now your hosts combat vets with 20 plus deployments between the two of them and enough testosterone to operate the power grid of Los Angeles. Savage Actual. Now your hosts, Jason and Patrick. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The pros outweigh the cons. Yeah, yeah, this sport, this activity, for sure. Man. Right. Yeah. No. And like, you see a big guy out there, and like, sure, people who are super serious into fitness, or maybe they're, example, anyone basically from any high level military special operations unit. Generally, the culture is like, shame on you if you are like, you just you, if you're not fit, you're not hitting the standard. Get the fuck out. Like, it's yep. just how it is. So inherently, you're gonna have that bias. But uh, I think, like, like you said when I see those people or people overweight, I'm almost like happy. Cause it's like, if you stop and think they're out there, at least trying, Yep. you know, granted, like what, what else would you have them do? It's better for them to be out there doing it and making an effort. And it's like, so I try to be somewhat of an encouragement, if you will yeah. sort of embrace, cause you know, I, I got pretty chunky when I played football, I, I graduated high school at 158 pounds. Uh, and then at, when I was playing football at the end, I was 265. Damn. So do the math there. That's a lot of weight. No, I mean, I was through different phases being pretty shredded, but there was like, there was just a constant culture of like being on defense, you know, a defensive end where it was just like heavier, stronger. You got to get bigger. And then like, oh, hey. And that, and then that's and essentially why I ended up stopping playing football was because like they were like, the trend was essentially coaches wanting to move me towards interior defensive line because I'm only 6'1, you know, and like that's short on the defensive line. So it's like, you're like, well, we see you like in an exit meeting. They're like with my coaches, you know, they're like, what's your goal for next year? And I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I want to slim down maybe 235, be a little bit more leaner, more athletic, maybe move to outside linebacker. And they're like, well, we see you at 300 pounds next year. And I'm sitting Jesus there. Jesus like, Christ. Like I'm thinking in my head, I was 158 pounds when I graduated high school. And you think I'm going to be at 300 pounds? Like my body just didn't. Six one, 300 is insane. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's like, so it, it's hard to breathe laying in bed. You're just like, uh, my ankles were exploding when I had to run more than a, like more than a hundred yards. Like, <laughs> so like I, I can relate to yeah. when you're, when you're heavier, well, it sucks. And like, I just look at that as it gave, gave me a little experience of like, okay, when you're heavier like that, it's not just like, a, all right, I'm just going to like start doing fucking sprints at the gym. And like, it takes a whole, like a whole, a whole game plan. Like you got to be eating right. And it can't happen overnight. So if anything, I just try and keep that in the back of my mind. And I'm like, all right, you know, if any, what, what can I do to positively affect someone in, in that situation? And it's just like, you know, help encourage them or just, just like, you know, be happy that they're out there. Like, what, what do you want? You know what I mean? We can't go out there with every single person and do something, but. I got my personal training cert a couple of years ago, and that was, you know, the psychology of exercise and, and the motivation for it, right? So, you know, you, you can go do sprints, but most of the time it's, I need to find a reason why. Is, is it, I want to look good for girls or this girl or this guy or, or my health or... Girls, or I want to see men. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever you're into, you know, it's like, 
whatever it is, you know, and in this case, the big guy, the big girl that wants to play airsoft, like I want to move better on the field, whatever it is, in this case, you know, potentially airsoft, like that's awesome. I'm glad you're outside. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're being social, you know, mm-hmm. you're meeting other people that are into this and it's going to gradually pull you up out of this physical, uh, yep. you know, uh, plateau and get you to where you want to be for, for longevity in life, man. So that's, that's fucking yeah. cool. And and I like Patrick said, there is a, a disturbing trend of increasingly less uh socialization in public and being outside in a weird you know, in a weird way where I'm starting to actually like fit I personally even feel it and I'm like, all right, this is not good, like going in this direction as a society as a whole. And so I think being outside and doing something that like like you said earlier, you know, you're being active and having fun is is good no matter what. When you were talking about the guy with the kid whose dad was like, he doesn't go outside. It's like, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, if you can come up with a reason, whatever you need to, yeah. to justify it in your head, but taking a step back, like physically just being outside and getting active is a good thing. And, and I think we need more of that, to be honest, if I was to. You know. And social. I mean, this is. And socialize yeah. with other people. Yes. And yeah, that, I mean, that, that's actually your. Your phone's in your fucking pocket and you're actually yeah. communicating. You're in a team. For Correct. The most yeah, part. Yeah. You, have a, you have a common goal. So you have yep. to work with the tan or the green, whatever the color is. You got, you're forced to interact with other people. Yeah. Yes. It simply is that is like, you know, like that's important. Yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't have said sure. that five years ago, 10 years ago, but, yeah. but like now apparently just, just with how things are going and then COVID exacerbated it and everything. I think, uh, and yeah. that's that's half the fun, you know. When when we got, I think uh, no, we we had um, Barnwell, South Carolina. We did some had some overnights there and stuff. Jason and I have done Barnwell twice, but yeah, um, Arsenal was a good time. Again, just getting out there with our buds, getting out there with the guys, and just bullshitting and hanging you out. Know, you and fun. Mustang and all the the guys from the regiment, everybody just hanging out. Dude, that just was everybody talking. I mean, that was, was a good time. Part. That was my favorite part. Just kicking and eating, drinking. To be honest, the the same. Yeah. Are you just, yeah, the bullshit hanging out, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely this, this, the youth of this country. And that's, that's down that man, that's the one side of airsoft that is, I think people perceive instantly as the negative because they see the gun, they see this offensive weapon or what they see this negative connotation because, oh, my son, or my daughter wants to run around with a gun. Well, yes and no, you know, and it's, it's, it's killing that side of it. It needs to be done too, you know? Yep. That was my parents. My parents were both super anti-gun for whatever reason. And like even extending to airsoft just cause it looks like a scary gun. It's like, for sure. There's a whole other rabbit hole, you know, that we could go down in terms of relating it to real firearm culture and this and that. And it's like, right. but like, you hit it on the head, yeah. And so, so Alphonse, what do you got, you know, lined up for events uh, over the next few months, man? Anything <sighs> big? Any big goals? It's um, like everywhere. Yeah, when don't I? No, this month is pretty chill, and I purposely have not done this month anything because I'm I have like three or four videos that I've been working on for a while. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna probably go out to Copperhead, which is uh, I should say I am going to Copperhead. I bought, I paid for a ticket. This podcast episode is sponsored by Iron Fire Brewing. Iron Fire Brewing is a Southern California favorite, creating craft beers from the finest ingredients. 
Ironfire Brewing creates unique beers with classic tiki drink-inspired flavors, amazing lagers, and more. Ironfire Brewing can be shipped directly to your home by going to craftshack.com and search for Ironfire Brewing. So we're we're actually Jason and I. That is in what month is that? August. That is Labor Day weekend. Okay. Or, yeah, is it Labor Day or Memorial Day? It's September second, so, third. Okay. Yeah. We need to. We've talked about that, and we're wanting to do that. And I I think they're kind of sold out or whatever right now, aren't they? Isn't Copperhead sold out? I'll look right now. How about that? Um, I know we got a lot going on in September. I know I do with Florida and the state of Florida. We were wanting to go to Copperhead because that looks like a good time. It's just a cool AO. I could go off and say all kinds of negative things about Civic, but <laughs> you and your mini like, bike. Well, just in general, like I, as someone who's hosted airsoft games and also attends a lot of airsoft games of all event host origin, and I think this is a problem with event hosts specifically, is that they all don't really like go to other airsoft events and see what's out there. They don't. Fit, they're not the customer and the, you know. Right business owner they don't experience the product as much and if they do they just surround themselves with their their crowd of people and then the feedback you know next thing you know you have all these people pissed off about an event and you're like how does this happen and then it's like the easy way out is oh it's the youtuber's fault or oh it's this person's fault and then it's like it keeps happening all of a sudden you're like okay well maybe it wasn't just that person's fault like maybe we are fucking up but uh i think if more event promoters would go to other events and physically play i think that is a huge it like for me personally, because I play so many events, I learn in person. I'm like, okay, this rule is fucking stupid. This rule, in theory, I understand why they make it. Sounds great, but an application just does not work. Like it's just too complicated. Or like when you do something, like just little things like that. Uh, but yeah, like and that when I say things negative about it, it's like the main reason to go to Copperhead is 100% the AO. Cool ass AO. It's an old mining town. It's a lot of spicy building to building combat. It's one of the only places you play where it's like it, you know, example, digital desert or AOR one is practical to wear there. Like unlike in Michigan, if I wear AOR one or something, it's like, I look like I'm the snowman in a, in a green field. Like, <laughs> so it's cool in that aspect. And it's a very dry heat. Uh, and like, we have on-site housing there. So like we have a house, uh, you know, sleeps like 15 people, full kitchen, everything. And it's like a, maybe 200, 300 yards from the AO. So, you know, you just, you're nice. there. It's like it's a that's, community that's in the awesome. middle of the desert, but uh, I dig it. Yeah, it could be some could, things could be better in terms of rules and allowing different things or trying not, you know. But again, when you're an event company that's done things for as long as they have, and you kind of like you're just setting your ways, it's like anything in life, and it's like I know best, and it's like you also have the financial incentive, like the price they charge for tickets. In my opinion, is way overboard for the product they offer. But hey. You know, if you uh, sell out your tickets, sell out an 800 player ticket event, it's like, pfft, why would yeah. you not? It's just basic. Yeah, business. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are what are they charging for Copperhead? Is it like 250? It's 250, yeah. yeah. Which uh, uh, I guess it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> like I, and what, again, what's the average? So for people who are listening, what's the average price for a big weekend event? Used to be like 100 to 150 dollars. Okay. In fact, I think if you still go to some third coast games, they're right around 140 or 150, 160, something like that. I remember it was like American Millicent used to be like 175 or 200. And that was like after tax, you know, it's not just that price. Then it's like another $30 of taxes and fees. And it's like, okay, now we're at 280 or something like that. And uh, 
Yeah, I'd say like Amir Tactical is hosting a game at the MUTC Center again the week before the Milson West game, which I'll be at both. And that their tickets are 140 bucks for, okay. in my opinion, more hours of play and action on the field and a better rule set. Uh, and okay. then on top of that, uh, they also offer like a, a military veteran and service law enforcement discount. So it's only, I think it's 80 bucks nice. for LA or Mill. Nice. Um, so yeah, just that's stuff pretty like, reasonable. And, and, and like I said, I, w- I was part of an event host company with my two other friends. So I know all the behind the scenes in terms of insurance, how much it costs to rent the AO. And all these event promoters act like that's some sort of secret, like uh, some special thing that they, you know, only they can do. And it's literally just like, okay, there's only one, th- literally only one company that'll write insurance policies for you for Airsoft anymore. Thanks to some idiots, you know, basically ruining that. And, uh, that co- that's a that's a number, and then what it costs to rent the AOs varies widely depending on like yeah. Guardian Center is pretty much the most expensive, you know, which is more than fifty thousand dollars a week for just the weekend. You know, I I don't remember how much it was the last time or whatever, but it's like you're over fifty k for it just to play the airsoft game. Wow. And then on the low end, you could get some places uh, like Camp Shelby was dirt cheap, like sub ten grand dirt cheap, like wow uh based on some thing that they had with uh the land being technically public land for the mount facility and so once a month or once a year so many times a year they have to have some sort of civilian interaction something like that <laughs> but That's uh cool. no more airsoft there um but but yeah it's like so and you just start doing it just takes simple math and you're like all right so, so i have a problem when i see not I, like it's a we're 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 a free economy i'm all for that but i just on a personal level i'm like you're making more than a hundred thousand dollars in a single weekend to host a fucking airsoft event. You should at least be putting in effort to make it the best possible experience. You know what I mean? It's just like, as someone who also has done that before, I understand what it takes. And I'm like, just as an, on a personal, personal level, I'm like, all right, come on. Like this can be better. Like you just that simply put, or like, but just each event promoter is it's own, they're on their own little world and they want to do their own little thing. And, and that's kind of why you have the differences of event promoters. And it's like, no, 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 tur- like American military, no tourniquets allowed. Hell yeah, brother. Cause we, this is a military simulation. You know, we care about realism <laughs> and when you're shot, we're going to wrap you with an ACE bandage. You know, it's definitely not because Milson West invented the tourniquet, uh, uh, you know, which is a competitor of American military. It's like, Every other airsoft event lets you use tourniquets if you want them, but not American Milsim here because we're so, so we're just, we're really, really care about that realistic medic experience of the 2.5 seconds longer it will take you to wrap the ace bandage that only half of the actual players actually <laughs> fully wrap it properly and definitely don't just shove it on and they're like, yeah, yeah it's good. Like, but, you know, I digress. It's just like, I want the best for airsoft as someone who plays airsoft for myself. And I'm like, I've done it myself. So I know. And I'm like, so this just leads me to like, I'm just going to get the boys back together and start hosting airsoft events again, but it's a lot of effort. And it's kind of like, I know you have uh, you have an engineering, engineering degree. Mechanical engineering. Yeah. Do you work in that field at all? No, not right now. So I've had several job offers, but, uh, is this your, so this is your main thing right now. As embarrassing as that to say is, yes. <laughs> it's dude, make, it's not embarrassing. I wouldn't be I, don't be embarrassed to do something that you enjoy. So what yeah, what is stopping you from 
if look on the outside looking in, I'd say, A, what is stopping you from creating your own guns or creating a gun that's that's set up, you know, Alphonse specific, whatever, or sure. B, yeah. creating your own events. I mean, I would think that if Airsoft is your main deal and this is what you love yeah. to do and you play it as much as you do, from a business sense, I mean, you want to, gr- I would think you would want to grow that a little bit. Like what is, what is sort of prevent presenting you or preventing you, excuse me, from go taking one of those, right. Yeah. You know, yeah or no. both, doing both those things. Uh, so the Airsoft event end was, there's a company called Airsoft Republic. Anyone who knows who Airsoft Republic was, was, will be like, dude, those events were the best because they were, they were, at a really good price point. They're at really unique AOs, specifically in the Midwest, which is very dry in terms of event promoters. Uh, really, it's just mere tactical that hosts. And, and Alex, the owner, and Jonathan runs events, does a good job, but it's like, you know, the, in my opinion, the more the merrier, right? And there's a lot of like detective work that my friend Austin would do in terms of finding these weird AOs, like making the phone calls to, uh, you know, I forget the weird, one of the weird ones was like calling a, it wasn't a homeowner's organization. It was like a city council of some, some property was owned by this like city council and a weird thing. And like, we had to deal with the city council and like take the, the people out to, you know, dinner and talk to them and like pitch them a number <laughs> schmooze a little bit, essentially schmooze them. But they just, you know, more so they just didn't know what the hell airsoft was. And like, right. we're like, Hey, we'll hand you $10,000. Like, you know, a lot of money and they're, they're, they're a lot of money is like $5,000. And so then you play this whole game of sales of like not overbidding. It's like anything in that regard. And, but it's just like, that is its own skill set. And I think that person who did it, his name is Austin was, was really good at that. And then, you know, like there's another guy. So basically what's stopping me from that? Really nothing other than just like, uh, finding some friends and then like choosing to allot my time to do that. Really. Uh, I've been th- thinking about it more and more recently too, because it's just like I get pissed off going to events, and I'm like, God, this is just so stupid. We could do, you know, instead of sitting there complaining, like which is useless, it's like, well, I'll just start, get the boys back together and, and host my own events. But then it's like, it definitely does take away from the experience of just showing up and playing. Like it, that, it's a yeah. lot of effort. It's a time. Yeah. It's not just like, and that that's more so the reason to go to the other side of your question with why don't I just make my own gun? It's because, well. I just inherently, you know, I've thought about it and I keep thinking about it regularly, but I'm always reminded of like how much effort that actually is in terms of like, I know how airsoft guns work. I know how they're manufactured. I know what, what goes on. And it's like, it's very difficult to maintain a high standard of quality. Right. Like no matter what you do, like I, I, if I have, it's basically like, unless I'm sitting there personally, fuck, even if I was sitting there personally assembling every single gun. It's like you send that gun out the door and like, there's so many little things that could happen. And all of a sudden some guy gets this brand new gun and then like it's broken because he dropped it and he doesn't know that you need to treat the one part in this little area, like a little child. And, 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 uh, if it, like in the Novrich example, I don't, I don't want to become like Novrich essentially. Cause essentially I'm, I'm happy for him. And as another YouTuber, I'm like, he's doing great and making money, but it kind of like, ruined the like what i you know thought of christoph and you know it, like it's like is that kind of did he start out as just a airsofter that started making his own guns yeah he was he was definitely 100 percent the top he was the goat in terms of airsoft content he was uploading two uploads a week tuesday wow. thursday and he was doing all sorts of crazy shit everything from like 
going to a Russian airsoft game and playing with the Russian military event where they, uh, you know, had all their actual tanks and artillery. Now, granted, they wouldn't be able to do that anymore because they don't have any, but it's like back then, this was pre-Ukraine. They, like they were burned. No, but, and then like, you know, uh, going into the, everything from like a video series where he like rejoined the Austrian military for a couple uh, weeks and did daily uploads during sniper training and like every, or not daily uploads, but you know, every other, every Tuesday, Thursday, there was an upload of like actual sniper training with the Austrian military. And this was like huh. done through the Austrian military as a recruiting thing, but it's like, no one else was doing that. You know what I mean? Like, and then he would go right back and do some sort of cool airsoft video. And it's like, that really was like the pinnacle in terms of YouTube content at the time, 100%. And that's why right. he got so popular because he was making great ass content. But then, you know, you start making guns and there was a slow progression. It was like, what's up guys. I'm coming out with my sniper kit, my sniper upgrade kit, my sniper barrels. And that took off. And like, obviously he just sell them like hotcakes. And then I can't speak for certain, but it's like, you see that amount of money happening and you're like, Oh my God, I just made 10 grand in one day for just, you know, by doing this more than that. And like, you're like, Hmm, maybe I'll change my effort to be more of this. And then it's like slowly and slowly the, the, you know, time is more spent towards making airsoft guns. And then it's like, now you're coming out with your own sniper rifle. And then, then that was really cool at first. And everyone's like, oh, yes. Cause like, and this is where I would be like, you know, similar to me bringing it back to your point is like, oh, you know, the, the airsoft Alphonse machine gunner. There's definitely, I could write you down a list of exact things that I would do and I'd come out with my own gun. And it could, as long as it was like this, I think it would be an improvement as to everything else that's out on the market. Uh, it's just a lot of effort. And that, but it's like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I want to make that sort of commitment. And then like, essentially, I, what am I going to do? Keep making, I, the videos wouldn't be the same. And it's like, right. I just, I guess I, you know, it's good that you asked me this too. Cause it's like, I, it's one thing to think about the question. Cause I think about it all the time or like my buddies will be like, you ever think about making your own LMG? And I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's not just, Oh, let's make an LMG. It's like, Oh, you got to do all this. You got to deal with the manufacturer. Well, part of it is man. And we, we, you and I had chatted about this a little bit in Indiana and it's, I think part of it would be you licensing your, your likes and dislikes and your skills and your knowledge of what makes a great gun and maybe pairing up with somebody else and, and you having that input and yeah. sort of licensing that your name. I thought about and letting, that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah more and letting somebody else. Cause I don't, I don't think, I mean, at this point, Novrich isn't sitting in the factory doing, you know, putting together all the, he, he's not pissing away all of his time on these. No, but in guns. the beginning, I, I will give him credit. Like he was grinding. He was right. literally in the factories. Who, in do you know who China. makes his guns for him? Do you know? Uh, the fact it's, you can literally buy the same sniper rifle, um, without his name on it and slightly different pieces, but basically the same, uh, I, I can't remember if it's modify. He might, I think the original one was a modify sniper rifle. Okay. If you ask Reddit, literally like you just type in Novridge sniper, rifle, like people, and this is where like people in the airsoft community, like throw fits and get all mad and like basically turned on Novridge because he, they were like, he's selling out. And it's like, if you do anything in terms of like selling your product and it's like, he would basically, yes, he took an existing sniper rifle and then just made slight modifications, which in principle is kind of what I would do with a machine gun. It's like, but every it's not a bad thing. thing. No, I agree. But sometimes, like, airsofters were like a little picky, you know, and they yeah. started complaining. And then that led to another thing. And then it didn't help when it's like, oh, okay, now we're just coming out with random rebranded, uh, you know, 1911, the Novice 1911. It's like, 
in theory, they're they're doing the similar concept, and I think that's good. No matter what, across the board, I think it's good. But it, for me personally, I would do it differently, and I wouldn't want to taint my brand name or my, like right. you said, maybe licensing it because there are specific principles, and it's not like it's rocket science. This is what pisses yeah. me off about the airsoft industry. Is like it's very simple shit. Like example, every single stock A and K machine gun that comes out of the factory from A and K has this dog shit hop-up unit for whatever reason. <laughs> and why is it dog shit? Is it the material it's made out of? No. Is it the mold, the shape? No. It's literally just in the hop-up window, there is, instead of what is a normal hop-up window, which would be like square, you know, so you have a square piece of rubber, which is the hop-up nub that adds spin to the BBs, right? So in yep. theory, a consistent surface adds a more consistent spin and a larger surface area also adds more spin. So IE more consistent BBs and you can use heavier BBs, which you have to have more spin on to make them go farther. This is like very simple shit. Instead, they have the opposite. It's like this little cylindrical hole. So one of two things has to happen. You either have to take a tiny little drill and like dremel out your aluminum, you know, low quality aluminum steel and hope that you don't fuck it up, which is a pain in the ass, or right out the gate by the bull gear hop up, which is like a $75 custom CNC hop up. Well, really the only difference mainly is the square hop, traditional hop up window. And that's something <laughs> right out the gate where these manufacturers already have the molds and they have the buckings. Like it's just a matter of like, oh, let's switch this hop up bucking, which is a five dollar part probably 10 cents wholesale cost to them you know which they already have the molds for because i understand when you have to make molds molds are very expensive and that yep. requires capital up front and that's the whole thing but like it's literally a matter of just doing diff you know x instead of y and like they just the companies over there just don't care and they're it's very similar with the airsoft prevent promoters and this is something i talked about with christoph where it's like that's kind of like the battle he fought when he went over there and tried to do the sniper rifle and like he explained the same thing, you know, and there's certain sniper upgrades that you do with the CDC hop ups and all this shit. And it's the same concept. And he was trying to change just those minor things. And it's like the people overseas just don't give a fuck. Like to them, it's just like, why is this a big deal? You know, like uh, and so that sort of gave me like a not so like, let's jump right into this business model and, you know, right. just like lose all my money because I have to invest a bunch of money into it. And it's like. It's, but again, if you want to be successful in anything like that in life, you're going to have to take risks. So it just comes down to if it's the right thing. I think personally, maybe licensing something like if I could get a bigger company like Evic on board and, and, and help, if I could like be good communication, I had assurances that like they were going to actually do the stuff that like they would, that I should do. Granted, like someone over at Evic, my friend Spencer is like the head of R&D over there. He's a really smart guy. And so they have people at that company that are smart and they know this stuff. The problem is when all of the manufacturing takes place overseas, that's where the disconnect is. There's no real American manufacturing. And to be honest, it would be great to have American manufacturing, but I just think the cost would probably be too high unless someone like who was really from the airsoft industry lifelong or something invested their own personal, you know, out of, out of personal choice, like not productivity and, and profit margins to make a manufacturing, you know, something like that. Maybe that's what Evike will eventually do, to be honest with you, because at this rate, it's like I've been around since Evike was in this tiny little hangar in, you know, <laughs> in California. And like now they're just like the biggest on, you know, this massive. If you ever go to the Evic store in California, like 
and you go, you get to see behind the scenes their which, warehouse. Which one? I've been to the one in Ontario before. It's pretty fucking big, and Ontario? they've got like, yeah, yeah, they've got one. It's in Ontario, and they're connected to a uh a. You can go in there and play, and they've got that, tons yeah. That's of shit the outpost. That's yep. nothing. That is like really? one one twenty fifth of the size. Like the storefront in the 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 uh, the it's Alhambra location. Alhambra. Uh, but okay. They have like the warehouse back there. It's literally like Amazon. Like I need to go is, check that out. It is a massive operation. The number of orders they do and stuff like that. So like sometimes smaller airsoft companies, specifically people that happen to be located in Georgia. Uh, or other areas of the airsoft community talk <laughs> shit about Evike and are like, oh, the big guy's just screwing us. And it's like, nah, man, I've literally witnessed the, I've been there for the rise of this entire company that started out really small. And like, if you see it in person and you see the amount of orders they're doing, it's like, it's mind blowing. And it's like, when you get to that point, that's when start, you know, things start to happen. Like some people will complain like with the quality control or a shipping order will get fucked up. But in my opinion, when you see how much it is, it's like, man, you're, you're lucky if you don't mess anything up. Like, it's like, just, yeah. it's literally like as big as Amazon at this point. So I think if there is someone to probably do that, it would be them because they had like yeah. Evic himself and the owner, Evic, his name is Evic, Evic Chang. Uh, he, has just scaled the business and like now he has those outposts. There's one in Texas. He's trying to like grow it. And I think he's all, and that you can tell that they've also tried to become the distributor. So like they're basically the retailer, the distributor, and now they have Evic manufacturing group. So they work with the factories overseas and it's like, they're becoming the whole business model. Yep. Now wow. maybe at this point there, there's just not enough, enough financial incentive to create some sort of manufactured product here in the U S because it's like you have the already the factories, you have the molds, and you can just do it for so cheap that they're just like, we'll just ship everything over on a ship every now and then, you know, drop, you know. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, trust me, we've 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 looked into some things, and there's definitely going down the road of, and it sucks going down the road of doing everything overseas is way less expensive. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, man. I I would like to see some more American manufacturing. No, yeah, it would be cool. It's just problematic because the up the 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 upfront cost to create a manufacturing facility and the machinery and all of that and get it going is a very substantial amount of capital. And so only someone either that like doesn't care about profitability, you know, it, it just not financially makes sense to do it knowing the numbers from the other side of the equation using the overseas method where like you really have to be motivated and have a shit ton of money and be personally invested in airsoft. So like if I became a billionaire and I was just like, you know, I'm just sick of these hundred dollar too expensive prices on a gun. Like, you know, those A&K machine guns used to be 300 bucks. Now they're 550. This is bullshit. Like, which is the case. And it's like, it's always, you know, every few years it's going to happen. It's like, if I was really pissed off about that enough to the point where like, you know what, I'm going to make manufacturing and went through all the, the process of getting permits and setting up a logistical system and doing all this shit. It's like, I'm sure it would happen, but like it would come at a great sacrifice of time, cost, and effort, which yeah. most people just, it's just like a scale. Is that worth it? Probably not. I don't know. People. Ask Elon Musk. Exactly. Is Elon, Elon Musk airsoft would be pretty wild, but I don't know if it's profitable. <laughs> 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 Sorry for the tangent there, but I mean, that's just, my brain, how it works, I guess. I want to, you know, in closing, dude, we, with a lot of our mill guys and a lot of our, our guests, we ask the question, like, what is, 
in your case, like what is the funniest thing you have yeah, witnessed this... either to yourself or just like the funniest absurd shit you've seen all these hundreds of games you've played? This day or this week? Like what do you <laughs> Yeah, there's gotta uh, be there's gotta be like one or two top just either self-deprecating events that you've experienced for yourself or that you've witnessed. Worst thing I probably ever did myself was I ran into this tree at like Mach 5. Uh, and in fact, there is a YouTube video of it, but it was like way back back in the day. Like it was, I just like saw some people in the distance, you know, 200 feet out. And I immediately just went into like suppressing fire and run mode. And I was full sprint like this. And I face first, like at a full sprint ran into this tree and it did not move like it was solid <laughs> and my feed tray on my saw, like i'll play it back in slow motion like it was such an impact that like the feed tray of the saw went flying up out of it and then like halfway down i'm laughing i'm like i realize what i just did and i'm like laughing as i fall over and like the air softers around me like just don't say anything everyone's normal they're just like pride cover fire like like nothing happened and i'm just like Which makes oh, it worse. <laughs> there's a tree in the way whoops like so that was pretty bad. Did you, did you uh, get fucked up from that? Did it hurt you? No, I had my helmet on, so like I was nice. okay. Oh, yeah. but it, fuck, it felt like in football, it, I've never gotten completely blindsided. Like I've gotten blindsided like a pulling guard or something comes around and you're not looking. It felt like like a 300-pound lineman like came out and I just was tunnel vision the opposite way and just f- face planted me. Like I just got my ass. Like my feet were, you know, it's like the – you hit so hard, I bounced back. My feet are airborne. Like I was like, <laughs> "Whoa!" But again, I don't take myself seriously, so I thought that was great. Like yeah, I'm like, yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'd I'd love for more funny shit to happen like that. Uh, I think that one needs to, that one needs to be refreshed on your Instagram. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely repost. That's a that's a funny one. It was probably one of the first videos actually that I posted that kind of gained traction. To be honest, to I posted it in a. I posted in a Facebook group and I like it, it got like, you know, 10,000 views at the time, which was a lot. And I was like, dude. So, and that was like the first time I posted a American Milsim video. And I, I recently went back to that same AO like this past year and I like had a moment and we like revisited the tree. And I was like, you know, hey guys, this is the tree. I haven't made the video from that yet, but I was going to include a bit in that where like, if you know, you know. <laughs> but, uh, it's hard to say all the things that I've seen that other people, I feel like I'm just like this salty, jaded, uh, old man at this point of airsoft. Cause it's like every single week, my, I'm just exposed to some sort of like fuckery, stupid. Like I'll just say airsoft where it's just like, I've done it for so long now that I'm just, it's sort of psychologically. I've just accepted it as like, Oh yeah, yes, that is happening. Like some, you know, some air for you that would be shot something that would be shocking for you like if some like right. airsofter you know big portly man started coming over and barking out commands and telling people to do stupid shit and like you're just like what are you doing you know like that kind of feeling and i'm like that happens every single weekend so i'm like i'm just like yeah some just sitting in the corner smoking a cig like let's play some airsoft you know what i mean just like yeah <laughs> that, that just happened uh have you seen anyone uh we got a youtube uh, episode about this dude named El Sueño, like this, uh, this, this Hispanic guy, like was like started to throw gang signs and was like wanting to beat up some fucking kid. Oh like, yeah, depends where you play, man. Dude, the Hispanics say- down in Florida, those boys get spicy. It's like part of their culture. 
like at that prison. Like yeah. every time I've played at that prison, there I is lived, a fight. I live 30 minutes from that. Oh, from all from uh, it used to be Altair. Immokalee. Yeah, yeah, Immokalee. Yeah, the Immokalee yeah. Inn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, live, I, I live in Fort Myers, man. So I'm like, right oh, there. nice. Yeah, you're real close. There's gonna be a, a mere tactical airsoft game there in December. You guys should definitely come to that one. I could just, you guys could just come with for free. I'm sure. Dude, I mean, yeah, you can crash, yeah. crash, crash on our fucking couch. We got an extra room. Yeah, literally, yeah. it's like well, yeah, we're 20, 20, 30 yeah, minutes from that. The, they'll have the on-site housing and everything there too. Okay, if you guys okay, didn't cool. feel like making the drive or whatever, but uh. No, yeah, every time I played at that AO, there I don't want to say it's always specifically Hispanic people, but there is definitely <laughs> uh There's it's a, just ingrained in Hispanic culture to, yeah, you know, you got some spice be there. a bit more feisty, yeah, spicy. And like every single airsoft game I've ever been to, I've probably been to six or seven there, there is always a fight. And it's always, always the, like it's like they're challenging their culture. Like you, you say, yeah, something well, it's like, like the Miami Puerto Ricans versus the yes, Lee County. Miami Puerto Ricans. It's the Miami yes. group comes up like blasting music in their Hummers, and you got the homies from here in Fort Myers, and <laughs> dude, they converge, bro. And then no, yeah, they're 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 nice people, but it's just like they just fundamentally, I think, from their culture, view it differently. Like it is a. It is just a part of their culture to get spicy like that. Scrappy, it's like, man. I like it. Yeah, I, they're just like, oh, what? There's nothing. I relate. Like that, 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 yeah, that, that's probably been some of the most crazy. And actually, now that we're talking about this, I probably think the most crazy thing I've seen recently was when my friend, who is a squad leader in 375 ACO, was at an airsoft game, and this large, overweight airsofter was yelling at him, telling him to meet him in the parking lot after, then he would fuck him up. And like, keep in mind, like six of six or seven of his boys, you know, currently on, you know, his boys in the unit are all standing around him. And I remember just like hearing that and looking (laughs) over and like, I just look at their faces and they're all like, like, are we about to, are we about to fight this guy? Are we about to kill, like beat the shit out of And like nothing, they didn't end up fighting, thankfully, but it was just like, the unawareness, like how I don't understand, like how, like put yourself in that guy's shoes, like be that guy and like just walk up to a random dude, forget he's, you know, active duty serving dude with, you know, numerous combat deployments and whatever yeah. at a whatever level. That has like, literally killed a lot of fucking people. Yes. And you're, you're going to walk up to that person and tell him you're going to fucking kill him in the parking lot and it's who's surrounded by seven of his other boys who are all done the same thing it's uh, like highly trained. In that guy's head i don't highly, I just, highly trained kinetically trained it's literally their job it's your job to remove bad people so from the earth for our <laughs> listeners out there you know everyone knows patrick and his background there's you never know who even the video game room you never know who's on the other end like it's yeah. best just to be happy and have a good time because there's dudes and especially now in 23 that do MMA that you never fuck. Oh, there's always a yeah. bigger, stronger fucking dog shark that's gonna fuck you up. And is it really worth it to lose your teeth and broken nose? Hundred percent, no. Over a game, like it's not. Man. Over airsoft. Over that's airsoft. that. That just not to hard back to the same point, but like I just that is my I just can't get behind i'm like just maybe it's just the way that my brain has placed airsoft in like the category it's like hello we are playing dress up like i literally dressed up like fucking ray skywalker and ran around yelling like stupid ass disney star wars quotes while shooting people with a 240 and like that's what i I think of that as airsoft you know what i mean and it's like i just can't think like 
I love it, dude. I'm going to go up to a guy and be like, I'm going to beat your ass because, like, he was yelling at you because you didn't call his hits or, you know, telling you to call your hits and not be, a you know, it's like, what are we doing, bro? Yeah. I've seen some funny shit, though, where there's some classic airsoft arguments where, like, there'll be similar situation, people getting spicy, and then, like, one of the airsofters who they're getting yelled at will just, like, totally diffuse the argument by, like, going up and be like, what, you want to make out? And then, like, try and kiss the other dude. And it just like <laughs> like everyone around is like, what is going yeah, on? And like, straight violent alpha yeah, alpha male like to like, hey, let's make out. It's like yeah, it does yeah, not like the alpha male is like, uh, uh, and then the argument's just over. And then the guy's like, yeah, you pussy, you wouldn't want to kiss me. Like, <laughs> yeah. are you a coward? <laughs> like, I'm just like, but at this point, if I saw that, I'd be just be like, yep, that's airsoft. Like, welcome to airsoft. Like, because uh, I've seen. Some- <laughs> So for yeah, our listeners out there that, you know, we have a, a wide, vast majority like yourself, you know, of, of listeners out there. So some of you that are maybe potentially just now getting into Airsoft, you don't know much about it and don't know much about our guest here. How do how do our new our new joins to this this realm find you? Like what platforms can they uh, reach reach out to you, man? OK, uh, well, if you like mediocre Airsoft videos or <laughs> mildly entertaining content on YouTube, uh I, just my YouTube channel is Airsoft Alphonse, and I have pretty much every platform. Although I mostly just use, I, I have a TikTok. With the, in the I was going to say, what's your what's your TikTok? The sad thing is, is, I have a TikTok, and I have almost a million followers on it, and so it's like the most social media followers I have, and I've put the least effort into it. I literally <laughs> like will make a post on TikTok, open it for two seconds, contract some sort of like autism disease and then immediately exit the app and throw my phone in the garbage and then never like until i post another video i'm like like i just like my brain gets damaged every time i open it and i'm just like uh, and and somehow i have um, almost a million followers on it and i'm just like but it just it goes to show you that they're definitely like like i saw my instagram it's like unfortunately the way it is it's like the if Unless you get, even after you get to a certain point, but Instagram is just flagging everything. So it's like, yeah, it's a huge struggle. We, we deal with their issues every single day, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. That's, that's all, all the social media platforms are stressing me out. I'm really hoping like Mr. Musk puts together something fucking I, I awesome just, i just don't see a fundamental way out of it because like essentially what is happening with the latest like nerf if you will want to call it is like we, we back to redefining the goalposts like they have assigned in the tos which is the terms of service which because yep. again it's a free country and we have their, their their own business and they can run their own platform the way they want yep. to which doesn't matter if you agree with it it's like they have defined now that imitation weapons which subtext includes foam swords uh it literally i shit you not read the text it's like this weird combination of basically anything that looks like a weapon bow and arrow anything is now classified as not uh allowed for recommendation if it gets flagged and so it's 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 crazy to me though but you see people like garantham and all these people that do a lot of the real steel stuff have huge channels that continue to grow and I, I i'm not able to put together how the hell that they're making this happen well i, I don't that, understand. i can explain it to you real simple so number one there's a diff a distinct difference between youtube and instagram yep and facebook youtube is incentivized there's it basically like 
aside from a couple instances in which a couple like where you go way too far or something. For example, I'll reference when I used to make videos with my friend Houston Jones, who's this bodybuilder dude, who I would just basically like shoot the crap out of at close range with like tag rounds or whatever. You know, like his whole thing is bodybuilder versus and he would hurt himself for it. YouTube created a new monetization guideline in the category that covers airsoft where it says it's because of the Houston Jones videos where it says you must have like must have protective equipment. So translation, as long as you have protective equipment on, your video is okay. So oh. basically they were trying to get rid of the Houston Jones damage, like violence, hurting himself with airsoft guns. Like they were saying airsoft is okay. You can play airsoft. You can do guns and this. There's just a limited number of cases where they're like, this is not okay based on what we want on our platform because advertisers, essentially it's all advertiser driven. God damn, man! This has been a a good uh, good breakdown on what to do, what not to do, too, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, brother, we appreciate your time, and this was awesome. And dude, like, uh, we definitely need to try to uh, link up on the field again. I I think. I mean, I don't know what the next event. Jason and I have got an event at the beginning of September. We're going to, and then uh, I don't know what our yeah, next soft event? event, but definitely November fourth. There's one here. Bo is teaming up with a guy in. Oh, that that new AO, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'll yeah. definitely we'll, probably come out to that one. As I, much as yeah, it pains we'll, me to. I'm that's closer to me than Immokalee. It's actually 25 minutes away. Really? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'll definitely. You got a free I'll place to stay, man. 100. If you. Dude, uh, hey, let's make it happen. And this time, maybe if you want to run one of my guns or something, like we'll yeah. figure that out ahead of time. That way, I can bring it and uh, not, you know, have to last minute it or whatever. We'll but, have a. Uh, yeah, we'll have camp set up, dude. You're more just fucking joint forces, man. We'll, uh, Absolutely, man. We'll have a good time. Yeah, that's, yeah. A lot of, that's a lot of fun. This has been Savage Actual. Jason and Patrick are two former special operations guys who interview interesting guests who talk about video games, airsoft, and military subjects. Basically, they drink a lot of beer talk about shooter games, and have fun. What's not to love? We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And the fellas will be back soon. But in the meantime, find them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Savage Actual. Y'all be cool, and we'll see you next time.